back with another episode of how about them celtics sam and i are here recording on tuesday october 25th uh the day after the celtics lost to the bulls uh which we will get into i did want to ask you first though on the last show i asked you or i recommended that you tried the peanut butter cup coffee at duncan and you texted me today about it but i wanted your thoughts because you didn't really tell me what you thought about the coffee yeah okay so oh jesus uh, okay uh, nice voice crack to start the show. Beauty, beauty. I know, love oh, geez, it, man. I I had I brought the water up here and I didn't drink it, and now I regret not drinking it. So I'm on my merry way into work today after uh, the morning routine. Uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays, do not I do not stop at the local coffee shop. I go to Dunkin'. Need the drive through. Need the convenience of time. So I said, you know what? Jack was talking up this peanut butter coffee. I'll try it's it. Good despite- man. Despite it being a dessert, <laughs> um, a little bit, a little bit. So anyway, I go to the drive-through. I order it. Fine, get my sandwich. Fine. They hand me the coffee. The thing is orange. It is. It's orange. an orange coffee. Yes. It's it's like a Reese's. You gotta mix it up. You mix it up a little. Come on. It, it's like a Reese's, but it's like the wrapper part, like the outside yeah. orange wrapper. <laughs> It's very orange. It's good, though. It was good. It's fine. It was good. See, I got it as a hot coffee today because it was a little Oof. chilly out. I know, I know, but Ugh. I enjoyed it. Hot coffee's good. Anyways. I don't do the hot coffee, man. You can't do hot coffee because <laughs> you can't drink it. You, it I okay. I am a sprinter when it comes to eating, drinking, whatever it is. I always eat I fast. am, too. I drink fast. I, I go I super am, too, fast. but... That's why you, you leave it for a sec. Like, by the time you get home with the coffee, it's not boiling hot anymore. You get in the house, you sit there, uh, and you drink it a little bit. But once it's cooled off enough, you can take the big gulps like the iced coffee. Yeah, I enjoy it. It's nice when it's colder out. Dude, I am not going to get a coffee and then coming home. All right, sure. Fine. <laughs> well, that home is where I work at home. So, yeah, like, that's the difference. By the time no, you that's get to your destination. I do come home on Mondays and Fridays with coffee. But by the time you get to your destination, it's not as hot. Anyways, we have plenty to talk about uh, because the Celtics finally gave us something to talk about. Unfortunately, it's not necessarily positive. Uh, They were up by 19 in the first quarter against the Chicago Bulls on Monday night, and then they fell uh, and were down by 40 or not. Sorry, it was a 40 point swing. I should say they were down by 20. Uh, If they're down by 40, that'd be a lot worse. But uh, it was pretty bad regardless. I'll just get your initial thoughts to the loss because it was it, it was bad. It was ugly. Yeah, tell me if you heard this before. The Celtics blow a 19-point lead to Chicago early in the season. Last year, we had the same discussion, except it was at home, and it was in the fourth quarter. So it was kind of worse. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was worse. When you do it in the fourth quarter, it's even worse. Um, yeah. But it, yesterday's game was just a disaster. You come out, you're making everything. I even said to my dad, who I was watching the game with, I was like, they're going to lose this game because everything was going right for them to get up early. The only thing that yeah. had me doubting it was like, well, like their lead is big enough to where it's like, even if everything wasn't going their way, they'd be all right. It, it's really scary if How you're shooting you eight of nine from three <laughs> and the other team is missing everything and you're only up like five. But they were up 19. So mm-hmm. I was like, ah, you know, we'll see. And I, I have coined the term Celtics insurance which if you don't know, is live betting the other team when the Celtics are up big. And usually the best time to do this is at halftime 
or maybe the third quarter. So I said, I'm going to wait to do it because it's too early and the odds weren't worth it. It was only like plus 425. You're only getting four times your money. Oftentimes you take it, it's like 1600. That That's what that's where you want to hit it at. So I was like, all right, I'll wait. And by halftime, were they losing? Yeah, they were down big at half. I think they were losing at half, yeah. Yeah. So they, yeah. they did that all real quick. Very impressive. They wasted no time. <laughs> they started chucking threes every possession, which is defensible for a little bit because that's what they were doing early and they were all dropping. So what do you expect? Well, I'll say, and we'll get into it. It's defensible when they're good threes. The threes at the start of the game were good threes in the flow of the offense. The threes they were chucking up at the end of the game were, oh my God, we're losing. Let's throw up a three, which is what you saw from them at the start of last year. But anyway, sorry. I was going to complain about the threes because (laughs) that's one of my biggest gripes all the time is when they're taking threes, taking threes, taking threes, and it's not working and they don't really change anything. And they just continue to do it. And the lead continues to grow for the other team. They really didn't adjust at all. They cut the lead to three in the third quarter, which was good for them. But then they immediately went back to playing poorly, getting punked. Like Chicago turned up the intensity. Billy Donovan took out the entire lineup that was in, put in five brand new guys. And ever since he did that, the tide turned. Mm -hmm. The Celtics had no answer. The defensive intensity Chicago was bringing was good. They were getting out on threes. They were. It almost was like they were switching everything, or the rotations were just up. Caruso was huge for them. Yeah, he came in and changed things. And the Celtics did nothing. They did nothing about it. Missoula didn't call timeout. Uh, yeah. Which, who knows when this is really going to become a problem? Because I feel like uh, it's a problem now. <laughs> no, as ugly as yesterday was, it doesn't seem like the kind of thing that's going to be a pattern. It's been a pattern, though, and I know. No, it's been I four mean, games. I mean, it hurting them. Oh, like I, they like sure, but where they play that bad through the first few games, he hasn't called timeouts when you'd normally see a coach do it. Like I yeah. saw a stat, it was Billy Donovan called two timeouts in the first quarter, got his team on track. It took Missoula a, a thirty to nine run or something like that uh, against the Celtics to call his first timeout. You saw it against the Heat, some dangerous plays, not getting Jalen in the game, not cutting that. Uh, excuse me, run by Miami. Uh, you saw it against Orlando. Um, he, he actually called a timeout in Orlando uh, before three minutes and made a joke about it. But it's far from the reason the Celtics lost against the Bulls. But he he, he should call more timeouts. If he's got them, you, you don't like just not use them for the sake of not using them. And I understand. Yeah, they don't roll that, over. Uh, yeah, exactly. I understand. It's the not like days off. <laughs> he's going to have like a million in the playoffs. He's like, I'm a genius. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, but like. I understand the thought process of wanting to let the team work through it because they are talented enough to do it, but there's got to be a point where he just cuts them off and tries to re- regroup and, you know, recompose his team. I don't know if recompose is a word, but, you know, get get composure back. And against the Bulls, there was none of that. The Bulls went on giant run after giant run after giant run, and the timeouts were just came far too late to stop them at a point where the Celtics could regain that composure. That's the word I was looking for the whole time. So, yeah, they they certainly lost their composure. I mean, Missoula got ejected. Grant got ejected. Let's talk about that. <laughs> Let's go to that now. What do you want to start with? I, I, the Tatum Tech, we can start. We'll, we'll go in order. The Tatum Tech was first. Oh, I forgot uh, about the Tatum Tech. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's what led to the Missoula ejection. Mm-hmm. Tatum right. got a tech for waving off the official um, after a call that he disagreed with, which is a tech, right? Like, it, like whether or not you agree with it, 
if you wave off an official, they hold the right to give you a tech because they they established that they're going to give you a tech for that. You get a tech for that in the preseason. So it was a tech. He he went he, he waved off the official, picked it up, whatever. A couple minutes later, however many possessions, I don't know the exact timing. I think it was actually 7.30 uh, when Tatum got his tech to the Missoula Jackson. It was 4.30 in the third quarter. Uh, Nikola Vucevic was mad after he got called uh, for a foul. So he took the ball and he sort of thrashed it through the air out of anger, um, which Tatum thought was similar to what he did, yep. uh, which I understand it being similar to what Tatum did. I will say the one difference is one action is directed at an official and the other's not so that I can understand the interpretation, uh, but they were very similar. So it's easy to see why Tatum was mad as well. Um, Tatum argued with the refs. Missoula backed this guy, came on the court, started arguing. Mark Davis teed him up. Uh, Missoula did not leave the court uh, and got a second tee in pretty quick succession and got ejected for that. The pool report after the game, Mark Davis explained that. Uh, he didn't leave the court quick enough. Like he, he teed him up and he told him to get off the court and Missoula didn't, which sure. I, I mean, fair enough. It, I, they sounded pretty quick on the broadcast, but it is what it is at that they point. Were quick. Um, <clears throat> they were very quick, but on top of that, after the game, Missoula said he wasn't even talking to Mark Davis. Uh, he didn't curse or anything. Um, so it, it is what it is. It seemed pretty quick, uh, <laughs> succession, uh, the text, but I mean, if you don't get off the court when you're told to get off the court. You kind of leaving yourself up to it. And Missoula himself said he needs to stay more composed. I'll tell you what, though, Missoula getting tossed was absolutely hilarious because he looks furious, and he looks he he's not like screaming or anything. He's just walking off the court. He's like confused and mad. <laughs> yeah, he's like walking off with like a big like grimace on his face, and he he's he's just looking. He's not blinking, and he's like looking nope. at the ground. He he looked like like a like a little kid that got told to go to timeout. <laughs> yeah it's brutal uh did he deserve it we didn't really get a clear view of what happened from what mark davis said if i mean like i said if, if you don't do what the ref tells you to do like you're leaving yourself up for that ejection were they quick probably but you gotta listen if he tells you to get off the court to stop complaining and you don't then you're, you're kind of leaving yourself liable to get ejected at that point so <clears throat> it is what it is i was afraid tatum was gonna pick up another tech and get ejected there too um Celtics were not happy with the calls. And then we can go right into the Grant one if you want, because mine as well. Yeah, we're on the... Uh, yeah. Around 8.30 in the fourth quarter, I think. Uh, there had been a few possessions in a row where the Celtics didn't agree with the call. Uh, Zach Levine drives to the hoop. Uh, Grant Williams tries to draw a charge, gets called for a blocking foul, which it, it was a blocking foul. He was moving. <laughs> There's no real argument Grant had there. Um, <clears throat> then he gets up uh, and looks like he's trying to, like, not make a motion to the ref or whatever. Like he's trying to walk to the sideline, but in turn, he storms into Cheryl Flores, uh, the official um, and gets ejected. Cause you can't make contact with an official. Uh, I've seen people say he wasn't like trying to, if you make contact with an official, you're going to get ejected. He was angrily storming towards the sideline uh, and he ran into an official that's worthy of an ejection. And it was it, it was coming. Grant was going to get ejected from that game. From the way he was acting and the way he was arguing, he deserved to get ejected from that game. You know I'm the biggest Grant fan. Everyone on Twitter, everyone listening to this knows I'm a Grant fan. He's got to stop. Mm. <laughs> he, he's got to stop. Like uh, <clears throat> The amount he talks to the ref, I, I said this in the Celtics blog, uh, blog, excuse me, Slack today. 
he complains like Luca, but plays like PJ Tucker. That it, you can't do that, right? And I love that's coming from a Grant fan. Like it, it, there comes a point where you you just have to stay composed. Marcus Smart talked about it after the game. I love Grant. That's the one area where he just needs to you know chill out a little bit. So it was <laughs> it was tough. I mean, yesterday was just a day. The whole it, it was just the worst. It was the worst. It was everything that could have went wrong went wrong. The guys were frustrated lost their composure, like you said, and it it was just downhill. Now, people on Twitter that were complaining about the officials, here's what I have to say. The officials didn't blow a 20, uh, geez, 20, 19-point lead. However, if you really want to complain about them, they didn't make it easy to try and come back. (laughs) Sure. If if you really, really want to pin it on the officials and that's what you like to do, which I don't, I'm never that. Jack's never that, and I'm big on holding the team accountable. Still am. But once they got down, things did not get any easier. There there was no help given. No. I'll say this. Noah Vonley is the new Daniel Tice, and that is an absolute fact. I saw you tweet it last night, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of those calls he's getting called on are brutal. The the, the worst one, I think, was uh, it came on the play before Grant got ejected, so it's probably why he's mad. When he set that screen on Garuso, he was standing there for like 30 seconds. Well, that was part of it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So that was a bad call. They made, there were bad calls, but like you said, those bad calls weren't the reason the Celtics blew a 20 point and 19 point, whatever you want to say lead. Um, And we can get into those reasons, but the people who look at the game, uh, you can complain about the refs, but don't blame the refs. I I think that's where I'm at. And that's what uh, it should be. Cause yeah, like, like were they getting calls? No, (laughs) they they, they just weren't getting calls. There were some brutal ones, but at the same time, and I, I wanted to ask you about this, the Celtics have earned themselves a bad reputation with the refs. They 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 put this on themselves with the way they act, right? Whether it's Jason Tatum, whether it's Grant Williams, whether it's Marcus Smart, who in Smart's defense has calmed down. So Smart has made an effort not to complain, but the Celtics have earned this bad reputation because of the way they act towards the refs. Um, so it's their own fault at this point. Uh, I, I tend to agree. You know, I think they complain far too much Tatum is one of those guys that loves to complain. Grant has followed in his footsteps and really taken up that mantle too. And officials know that. They know who's a pain in the ass going into the game. They know what they're up against. Of course, right? I'll, I'll so, put it this way. DeMar DeRozan's not complaining that much, right? <laughs> like the bull, the Bulls didn't seem to complain that much. And obviously you can argue that's because things went their way. But like around the league, Teams don't complain as much as the Celtics do, and that's the reason they get some of these calls that don't go other way because they put it on themselves. Yeah, you just can't complain that much. There is no point to complaining. What what are, what are you going to get out of complaining? Nothing, nothing. You're just going to piss them off. They can't go back and change the call other than a challenge, which the coach the coach decides, not you. The only complaint I will accept is when you're asking your coach to challenge something. Direct. That's you, it. You can't direct stuff towards the officials and if you've already used a challenge like sam said there's no point there's nothing to gain there's nothing to gain yeah yeah there is no gain you're you're not gonna get i never have like complained to the officials it's not easy not easy to be a ref otherwise everyone would do it the refs in the nba are where they are through years and years of work they are to officiating 
as the players are to basketball. That's yep. what it is. They are the best of the best. Now, that means you are allowed to hold them to that standard, but you have to understand mm-hmm. they know what they're doing. They're not morons. Do they mess yeah. up? Yeah. But you can't just lay on them and complain all the time because you're not going to get anywhere. They don't mm-hmm. want to deal with that. It's just going to piss them off. Yep. They're, they're not reversing calls. It doesn't happen. Mm-mm. No, the, the Celtics got to chill out. They've earned their bad reputation. <clears throat> Excuse me. And honestly, the bad reputation Boston has built up probably led in part to that Missoula ejection because he didn't. He, he hasn't done anything to prove that he's an annoyance on the sideline up to this point in his career. He's pretty quiet. Um, but the fact that the Celtics had been complaining the whole game probably meant he had a shorter leash. So they, they, they just got to chill out. Uh, Grant Williams, especially Jason Tatum, especially the rest of the team doesn't do it as much. Um, but those two have to calm down. And Marcus Smart, like I said, has done a good job of kind of, you know, not complaining as much. He did it in the Orlando game when he almost got into a fight with Wendell Carter. He, he pulled himself back. And look at that. Wendell Carter got attacked and Smart didn't. It's crazy what not complaining does uh, to help your reputation and help you in the game. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, the, the refs thing, Celtics did not get the best whistle, but the refs were far from the reason they lost that game. Uh, and we can get into the, some of those reasons now. What do you want to start with? I've got I've got a few things on my laundry list. The threes. List here. To me, it's the threes. <laughs> that that was the first domino to fall. They they get up nineteen, are playing well, moving the ball well, playing good defense, getting stops, turning Chicago over, and they're shooting threes, which is fine because they're good threes. Then Chicago gets their head out of their ass a little bit. They start playing better. They start to climb back. Gets down to twelve, right? Then the Celtics start to panic. And instead of taking good threes, they're taking bad threes. And this is something you mentioned too. What differentiates a good three from a bad three? Well, how early in the shot clock you take it, to me, is one of the top things. Unless it's wide open, I was going to say it's really not good to take early in the shot clock, especially when the ball's not moving. In the second quarter, the Celtics stopped passing the ball around. Whatever they were doing, Marcus first, Smart. Marcus Smart yelled out, "Move the ball!" He was like yelling on the. Oh, sideline. I did not hear it. He he was yelling like on. In, he was standing in the corner and he was screaming. At, He's right. Uh, Tatum and Brown to move. And last Brown, year, after the they blew a nineteen point lead to the Bulls, he did the same thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The same what? game. Exactly. But yeah, sorry. Continue. I didn't mean to cut you off. But th- that's exactly it. If you're not moving the ball, you're making it easy to defend your team. So now Chicago is on a run. You're not making them work on defense, right? So now they're not having to work as hard to stop you and they're rolling and they're getting easy buckets on there. And that lead shot down to nothing so fast because the Celtics were lazy and Chicago got to be lazier on defense because it was easy. The Celtics were not penetrating. They weren't getting deep enough to where Chicago had to think the ball is supposed to touch the paint when, when you're driving that that's one thing all the pros will tell you all the experts. That's one way to really generate good offense. And it just didn't seem to happen. It felt like the passes were coming too early. Almost. Did, did you see something like that? Did you catch on to that? Cause when I was watching too early, what do you mean? Like they weren't getting deep enough to draw any defense far enough away from the three point line. So when, mm. when the ball would get kicked out, there was no opening and then they would just run out of time. Yeah. It just felt like the Celtics, the offense was very out of rhythm 
Like they, they weren't doing enough, like you said, driving and kicking. Uh, it, it was, Scal always says it on the broadcast. It was a little bit too much like perimeter offense instead of getting into the paint and working from there, uh, which is what worked so well in the first quarter. They, they just kind of, they, they settled is the word I, I tweeted out a lot last night. They were just settling for a lot of bad looks, uh, a lot of hero ball plays uh, from Tatum and Brown. Um, and it just didn't, it didn't work. Some, and some of the threes they took in the latter half of the game were, were fine, right? Like some of Derek White's open threes were good. Uh, <clears throat> Mark Smart had a couple, I believe, uh, but they just weren't falling. And then they didn't work to get better shots after that. Uh, open threes are great if you work them in the flow of the offense. And I've always said on here, even if they're missing those open threes, you still have to take them if they come in the flow of that offense. Uh, but the issue is when you pair those open threes with more threes that aren't. Right. You you have to pair them with also getting into the paint, because if you get into the paint and kick out for a three, that's what draws those defenders. But if you're just working around the perimeter and half heartedly driving the ball like you talked about and then getting open threes like they're not nearly as good looks. So uh, they, they didn't work hard enough to get those open threes in the second half like they did at the start of the game. At the start of the game, they look like the best offense in basketball, which they have been, which they had been up to that Chicago game. Um, I think that's the point is is they weren't working hard enough. Mm -hmm. You you nailed it on the head. Yeah. That's what I got. They, they they weren't working hard enough to earn their good shots and uh, it killed them. It it, it, like the the offense completely died in the second half, the second half of the game, the Celtics shot fifth, uh, sorry, 17 of 51 and seven of 21 from three. They didn't even shoot that poorly from three. They just didn't make anything else. Like 33 is not good, but it's not like this horrific number. Um, but it, they it, it wasn't good enough <clears throat> on the night. Mm. All periods from three, they shot 37.5%. No, what was the number? What, what was 18 the of 48? They shot 48 threes. Okay. So they were 18 of 48. Yeah. Okay. So they were 10 of their last. Yeah. They were eight, nine, eight of 11 in the first quarter. Well, they were so eight of nine. They went, they went 10 of 37 or sorry. They went. Yeah, 10 of 37 in the rest of the game. Yeah, it's no good. No, <laughs> not good at all. When, when you're uh, shooting at that low of a clip, 37 is too many. But they also shot worse from two-point range than three-point range against the Bulls. Like, they, they, they couldn't get anything to go. Um, there, there was a lid on the basket. They were missing bunnies. They were missing all the bunnies that we... Uh, you talked about Jalen missing some easy shots in the Magic game. Everybody was missing easy shots yeah. in the Bulls game. Uh, it, it just... It seemed like... By the time they reached that second half, they were more focused on the referees than the game. It's true. It's what happened. It's entirely true. After the game, there is no debate with that. They let the referees affect their play. Absolutely. They got lazy. They they got it together for maybe three minutes there, cut the lead to three, and then immediately it was back up to 12 within a minute or two of play. They, yeah. they need to fix that because when they brutal. were at their worst last year, they were complaining. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like guys, they, they were focusing on all the wrong things. Um, things were falling. It was just a bad night. It was like a culmination of all these bad things. And uh, after the game, Tatum had a, a good quote. Obviously it's not exactly what you want to hear, but there's not much you can say after that other than we'll be better next time. But <clears throat> excuse me, if, effectively Tatum said, I'll, I'll pull the quote up here. Cause I wrote it on one of my articles. He said, uh, I mean, in the moment, it can be tough, but you just try to stick together. And I mean, I'm just being honest. There's 82 games plus the playoffs. There are going to be nights like this. You just want to have more often than not nights where you keep your composure because we're all human. 
Uh, it's like I just had a bad day at work. Everyone has bad days and people respond differently. It's just there's 24,000 people watching us have that bad day. But you know what happens, which it does happen. You don't want it to happen. But like you said, there's if they win a championship, there's how many games? 82 plus at least 16 playoff games. There's almost 100 games in the season. Not every night is going to be perfect. This was just a very hard fall from the grace uh, that they were swimming in those first three games of the season. Everyone was hyped for 82 and 0, which not going to happen, but this was a, a tough pill to swallow after they were playing so well for the first few games. However, we'll get into this now. The Celtics defense has been absolutely horrendous the first three games. Like, like even the games they won, the defense has been terrible. Just, just awful. Terrible defense, which is completely flipped uh, from uh... how they were winning last year. It's been bad. It, I, I, it's there's really no argument. I think it was okay against Philly. Philly shot the ball really well. Like they they were fouled. They fouled Harden on three point shots three times in the first quarter. And it's sure you can say one of those or two of the like. You, you can't step out on him. Like you, you have to learn at least after the first time. You have to learn. Um, Joel Embiid was getting his way inside, and obviously he's an MVP candidate. But um, the issue is, in my opinion, the perimeter defense guys are getting blown by. Zach Levine blew by them last night. Jim, uh, DeMar DeRozan blew by them. Certified Celtics killer Io Dasunmu got by them a million yeah. times, right? Like, they're just not connected at all on the perimeter. And, and guys are just getting into the lane and doing whatever they want from there. It, it's it's tough. And it's happened in most of the games, right? Like, Bam Adebayo was having his way. Tyler Hero played really well. Um, <clears throat> you had Terrence Ross go off for 29 points. Obviously, there's James Harden. Tyrese Maxey in the second half of that Philly game, he was getting whatever he wanted. Uh, and then against the Bulls, obviously, there was DeRozan, Dasunmu, and then Nikola Vucevic, and we can talk about the rebound later. But the perimeter defense has been way too porous for a team that's built with really good perimeter defenders. They're just not playing together as a unit right now, and it's tough. It, it, it's a brutal to watch. Yeah. Yeah. I think things will get better when Rob is back. I think he's a key piece sure. to that. And, and you can say, sure, like, guys aren't going to get blown by – like he doesn't change that guys are getting blown by, but he kind of does because he changes the results in the inside. If guys are getting blown by the offensive players going to have to think more because now you have Rob and they're rotating. That was one of the things that made them great last season. And I agree. Rob will help, but I don't think it's fair to use his absence as a crutch to have a terrible defense. They have the seventh worst defense in the NBA right now. Like, is there a way for you to look at how much time they spent playing defense yesterday compared Ooh. to Chicago? Because they definitely spent some extra time on the defensive end because of all those offensive rebounds they gave up. What once it goes out to the second or third time where you have to try and get a stop, it gets frustrating. Not that every time they get an offensive rebound, it's getting kicked out and the offense is getting reset. That's not happening. But it becomes tedious i mean you you lose your concentration you lose your energy the more time you have to buckle down and play defense the more possessions you have to defend the harder it gets and last night they gave chicago plenty of extra possessions i don't know if i can find specific defense time in my search though i did found a funny stat the utah jazz have played on average 50.5 minutes per game this season because they've gone to overtime like three times um but i don't believe I can see a time on defense stat, but I, well, you, I know you what you're can, saying. It's okay. It's just, it's just another thing that factors in last night. You can chalk it up 
to them losing their concentration. At, at the end of the yes. day, that's what it is. They lost their composure. They they weren't concentrating because they got upset with the officials. They stopped playing well because they were playing so well that everything was coming easy, and then they dropped back their effort. And then it stopped being easy. Shots stopped falling, and Chicago got right back into the game. And then the officials took over, uh, at least in their headspace. And then and then they couldn't yes. concentrate. It, it was just a nightmare game. Yes. Um, I will say, I don't care Big offer. because the defense has been bad. What did you say? What would you say? I was saying, I don't. What was the I, last I, thing I said? I, I You finished your statement. I thought you said something in the middle there. But um, yes, the composure was the issue against Chicago. But I don't think there's much excusing their defensive efforts so far this season. I mean, you heard Missoula talk about it against. I think it was after the Orlando game where he said they weren't connected. They weren't hitting the rotations fast enough. Um, they they just seem off. They're getting blown by way too much for how talented those guys are. I mean, we're talking about a starting five uh, or excuse me. I'll say a starting four of perimeter defenders that include Marcus Smart, the defending play, uh, defensive player of the year. Um, sorry, Derek White, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum all are top-notch defenders with Malcolm Brogdon and Grant Williams off the bench like they have good defenders in this lineup and they're playing bad as a unit like there's something wrong with the scheme and I need to talk about this why are they dropping so far back like yeah that was next for me like it's awful it hasn't worked in a single game this year they're getting killed from the mid-range by DeMar DeRozan and Terrence Ross and whoever else can get in there it leaves the other team way too much space to work. And the whole reason the Celtics defense was so great last year is because they switched everything. And I understand you can't do that as much with Noah Vonley and even with Horford now in his like older age because he's got another season under his belt. But you can't drop so deep into the paint. It, it just gives the other team so much room to work. It, it's been hor- horrendous this season how far they've dropped back on defense. You, you've seen it too, right? Yeah. Is it because Al Horford's lost a step? Probably. I would assume, but that doesn't like, I understand having to drop back a little because you can't have Noah Vonley switch directly on to like DeMar DeRozan because they'll get cooked and blown by, but you can't drop like two feet deep into the paint. Like, like there's gotta be a happy medium. Cause that's, that is not working at all. Like, cause it, the pick and roll defense has been in shambles because of how far they've been dropping back. <laughs> it has been <laughs> like you laugh, but it, it like against the bulls, it was awful. It and was it wasn't bad. good against, it wasn't good against the magic either. Cause Terrence Ross got open a million times, right? Like that might be the scouting report for these teams though, Jack, besides these Celtics games. Now don't get me wrong. There could be correlation to higher shooting percentages to poor defense. Absolutely. But if you're going into a game playing against the 22% shooting Orlando Magic, you're not going to have to put as much emphasis on the threes in theory. However, they came out and shot the lights out, so you should adjust. That didn't necessarily happen. Yes. They've shown no ability to adjust on defense. They threw a zone look at Chicago. I can't remember if it worked good uh, or worked well. Sorry, but yeah, it was rough. It was rough. The defense has been bad. The drop coverage has been yikes. Um, And we can talk about the rebounding too, because, oh man, (laughs) oh man, was that a problem? Uh, Let me, let me find the stat for you. Uh, But I believe Nikola Vucevic and Andre Drummond combined to grab 35 rebounds against the Celtics. uh, 12 of which were offensive rebounds. The Celtics as a team 
had 45 rebounds. <laughs> like, I'm surprised they had that many. <laughs> right? And that's crazy. And they had 14 offensive rebounds, which is fine. But when you're getting out-rebounded 60 to 45, like, dude. And you're not going to win many games like that. No, no. Going into the season, this was something that we all had to worry about because the big man rotation is real thin. Vonley mm-hmm. had a solid start to the year, played well against Embiid, played well uh, against Miami, right? The problem is he got in foul trouble yesterday. He had three fouls with what? Within what? Five minutes? Vonley or Horford? Vonley. Yeah. Both of them have been getting into foul trouble. That doesn't help. I have been. No. And a big part of it is, I hate to say it because it's far from the problem, you can tell Al Horford just isn't quite the same player he was last year. And th- that's fine because you you have to expect it. La- last year, he came into the season with half a year off after not playing in uh, Oklahoma More City. More than that. <clears throat> yeah, uh, uh, most of the season off. I think he only played 26 games. Um, and then he played an entire season with the Celtics and an entire playoff run Over with games. the Celtics. Exactly. And then he had a shorter offseason than most people because he was on that playoff run. Uh, so you have to imagine he's tired. So much so that they're going to sit him in a lot of these back-to-back games. So he's not the same guy. And then you have big men in uh, Von Ley and Cornette and even Griffin, who's not as quick as he once was, who can't really play that same style of defense as Horford did last year and Robert Williams can. Um, And it's a problem. I mean, exactly. In the Orlando game, you saw the Celtics go to a lineup without any centers on the floor. It was Tatum and Grant Williams in the front court. And that was against a lineup that had Bull Bull and Wendell Carter. Uh, And they couldn't do that against the Bulls because, well, A, they didn't really have the chance to because it wasn't even close. Uh, But B, no one was rebounding. Like Horford's never been a great rebounder. It just hasn't been a part of his game. But you have to have guys looking to attack the glass. There were so many times where the ball bounced out and everyone was just looking at it. Right. And Vucevic was there to scoop it up. Uh, Io Dasunmu came in to grab a rebound or so- someone on the Bulls swooped in. I mean, you saw one the other night uh, against the Magic where the ball, you know, uh, I want to say skirted out or, or snuck out to the corner. And Cole Anthony sprinted from half court to grab it before Celtic did. Like th- there's just a complete lack of effort on the boards this season. Um, and with no center, with no guy on the team who can rebound the ball well, that's not going to fly. As sad as this is, the Celtics' best rebounders in the last five years have been Tristan Thompson and Ennis Freedom. That's sad, especially when you have guys capable of crashing the glass. Like, it's got to be a team effort. Like, there's no excuse for the rebounds at this point. It's infuriating. I think part of this has to be on the team, too, the, the organization, because you knew... Al Horford was going to be old. You knew it. You knew he's not getting any younger. Fine. He makes a lot of money. Fine. He he deserves it. You knew that Rob did not have the best knee, <laughs> just to say the least. <laughs> I mean, you knew. You knew after the playoff run, it wasn't 100%. Why wait the entire offseason for him to have surgery? Yeah. Why? I, I don't care if that well, was the plan. Why was it the plan? I, I'm he, pretty sure I saw something like this, and do not quote me because I'm not 100% sure. I think <clears throat> Rob came out and said it was fine most of the offseason, but then once he got back in, you know, to the heavy training camp, it started, you know, hurting him again. So I don't think it was necessarily we're going to wait. Uh, I think it was just unfortunate, but I, I completely understand your point. Well, not, I don't know. I saw things. But, now, you could be right, but I saw things saying the team had had uh, – 
in agreement that if it wasn't better by, I don't know, let's say September, that he would have surgery. Now, why would that be the plan? I saw those reports too, and I I don't know. I hope it's not true because you can't be that dumb. (laughs) Why why would you waste all this time where you're not playing basketball and just have him sit there and, and not get healthier and not get surgery and have to miss time? Unless you really just don't want him playing games to rest him to work to where he's fresher as the season goes on, I guess mm-hmm. maybe. Okay, you know that's happening. You know Al's old. Why didn't you work harder to bring in somebody? Why? I mean, you had the whole you had the whole off season. You knew you the knew one... what the situation was. You knew Tice was gone, and even then, Tice wasn't the greatest backup. He was fine. No. He gave you things that both of. Horford and Williams gave you a little bit of a mix, but he wasn't as good at them. Um, I mean, you you could have worked. Thomas Bryant was unfortunate. That was somebody that was heavily rumored that would come here. He wanted to go start for the Lakers. They didn't get Thomas Bryant. Andre Drummond was out there. He's not a prize. He's not the greatest. But as a team that struggled throughout the playoffs, giving up offensive rebound, giving up extra possessions, that's somebody that could have at least been an asset to you in certain situations. Now, mm-hmm. you have to take into account maybe he wanted a more defined role. You, there are all these other options out there that have been being thrown around all summer. None of them were huge stars. None of them were easy fixes. But there were guys that you could have brought in instead of just letting it be. They did nothing. Before before Blake Griffin came around, before it came out that Gallinari was injured, they weren't going to do anything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, it, it was bad, and there were other guys out there. You could argue that they should have used. I, I mean, the 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 one argument I can make for it, and I'm going to play devil's advocate in a second, is maybe they should have just had the confidence in Sam Hauser to play that position and use their MLB on a center, you know, instead of Daniel Gallinari. Um, <clears throat> maybe you go after somebody like uh, Andre Drummond, like you said. Uh, you could have brought in. You could have made a run in Isaiah Hartenstein to be the backup. Uh, but you don't know if he would have he would have enjoyed that. There weren't a ton of great center options that would no, have weren't. been affordable to the Celtics this season. Um, so you, you give him someone a pass of a pass, excuse me, uh, in that regard, I suppose. Uh, but it, it's it's tough right now. Maybe you bring in Boogie Cousins and appease all those people who have wanted him for years. But I don't even think he'd uh, solve the rebounding issues completely. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, the devil's advocate point I was going to make is if Rob's knee truly did start to flare up, they didn't really have time or, you know, available people to sign at that point. You should have uh, known. Sure. Even, honestly, even without Rob, it, take Rob out of it. Say he was going to be healthy. You knew that Al Horford was going to be limited. Mm-hmm. You knew. Sure. You knew yeah. it. You, you're not going to you're not going to get 82 games out of him. Well, the regular season option, isn't though. everything. I understand that. But you're you're not going to get what you got out of him last year. You're going to need help. And Cornette was your big though? plan. You're but, not even playing were, him. But who were the options? There weren't a ton of options, but That's you could have made something work. You you could have worked. You could have traded for somebody. I don't know all the details. You have Pritchard just sitting there. Maybe he's the solution. Maybe you get rid of him for somebody that can help you out. But even then, he doesn't make enough money. He doesn't make money to where you're going to be able to get anything substantial back. Yeah. I don't know. Honestly, it's a need. We talked about it all summer. We knew it was a need. They knew it was a need. In terms of a rebounder, Noah Vonley is a good rebounder. He just needs to figure the rest of it out because he can't stay He's on the court. Of foul he foul. Yeah. Hopefully they figure that out. And 
I also think they're being handicapped by the fact that they are playing this drop defense. I don't know if they don't think they can play switch defense because Von Lee can't keep up. <clears throat> I would assume that's the case. Maybe you rotate him out a little less and play more Blake Griffin because he's probably a bit more switchable. But I think that's hindering them as well. It, it really confuses me when they do it without Horford, though, because I know he can't be as quick as last year, but he's still got to be able to keep up a little bit. Um, maybe you don't switch him on to guys like Steph Curry, like they did in the finals as much, but like you got, you, you can't just drop him back so far. And, uh, I, I think it's on Tatum and Brown to control the glass a little bit more. Um, because they're big enough where they can do that. Tatum's as tall as Rob. So he, he's got to get on that and fix that at least a little bit. And maybe it's a little more Blake Griffin, uh, cause he seems to be a solid rebounder. At least he hustles. So maybe you throw him in there more, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's they, they got to figure that out moving forward. And again, it's one game. I want to stress this. It's been one game. Like there's plenty of games left. Yeah, they, they've out, only out, lost out. one game. But exactly but these problems we're talking about are reoccurring. That's why we're talking. They, they've about happened it. in the first three games. They just this is not us saying, hey, they lost yesterday. Shame on everybody. They should no. have seen this one loss coming. No, that's not what it is. But the issues they've had so far are issues that plagued them throughout the playoffs last year. It's the reason why they made it to the finals and it wasn't enjoyable to watch, for me at least, because you couldn't trust them. They were beating themselves and, and they're back to the same old kind of thing, especially with the rebounding. There's nothing more frustrating than that to me where you're just not securing defensive possessions. If defense is an issue for you, fine. It, it's not the greatest. But when you do get stops, you have to, you know, complete the task. If you're struggling to get stops and then you're giving Steck a chance, yeah. good, good luck to you. Mm-hmm. I agree. The rebounding is a problem and maybe they look and uh, this is not an immediate fix. I would hope they look to sort of <clears throat> find a remedy for that after this current Al Horford contract. Maybe you bring out back and you also bring in a rebounder. Uh, <clears throat> I, I don't want to look ridiculously far into the future, but. Uh, if you look at next year's free agency class, there should be a couple guys uh, in there who could potentially help with that. Um, you look at guys like Dwight Powell to come off the bench. He's a solid interior presence. <clears throat> Jakob Pertl's a free agent. Maybe you try to spend some money uh, there. And it'd be tough to do because the Celtics don't have a ton of cap flexibility right now. Uh, but there could be potentially guys in free agency. Bismack Biombo, who's played well uh, for the Suns. Um, they're not great options, but there will be more options next summer than this summer uh, at the center position. So maybe they address it uh, in the offseason. But for now, I think they have to make do. And like I said, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown have to get on the glass. <clears throat> That's got to be the solution moving forward. But anything else you want to talk about? I think we covered most of it. Uh, and again, I'm going to stress, I'm not panicking. I, I don't think you are either. It's one game, but some of these issues happened throughout the first three games. And this was the first time they really resulted in a loss. Like the defense has been bad. We talked about that plenty. Um, the offense was great through the first three games, uh, showed sign of, uh, of crumbling. And now I think it's about how the Celtics respond because uh, they got the Cavs coming into town on Friday. So uh, it'll be a good test for Missoula and uh, the Seas. So anything else you want to bring up? No, nothing today. I don't have any good stories or anything. Unfortunate. No, no more dogs. Bit your, uh, bit your no. legs. Nope. Unf- <laughs> Damn. Made for a good story. Anyways, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Check out the clips. Uh, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at How About Them Seas. There, uh, make sure to hit the subscribe button on YouTube if you're listening on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast because it is available wherever you get your podcast. 
Make sure to head on over to YouTube uh, to the How About Them Celtics podcast YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, we'll say we're pushing towards 200 subs. We're a ways off. We'll make it a goal. We'll get there eventually. Uh, we're at around 120, 120 something right now. Um, so help us out over there. Hit that sub button. We'll greatly appreciate it. Uh, and yeah, leave us a rating wherever you're at. And uh, I'll leave it to Sam. All right. Well, Jack just told you all the things I was going to tell you. But if you want to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter, it's at How About Them Seas. There you'll be able to find all these short clips from us, all the latest pods. Uh, the YouTube shorts have been doing well. People enjoy the short clips of us. You can't, you, you do too much of us, you get sick of us. You do the short <laughs> clips, that's where you're hitting. If you want to follow Jack, it's at Jack Simone NBA. He's got all kinds of work going on there. You can follow Sam, who is having internet troubles tonight, uh, on Twitter at Sam LaFrance NBA. And that is our show today. Tack, tackle. Come on. Tackle. Tackle. Tackle.